The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you to all of you for listening today. We're glad that you're joining us, and we're glad that you send us emails and post on our Facebook page. It's just great to hear from you. And uh, thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community know about Spirit of Recovery. Thanks for passing the word along. It's great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery on Unity Online Radio, unity.fm. And we are glad that we're bringing you guests that are touching your heart, that are getting you thinking, and that are opening you up to new ideas and new possibilities for you on this recovery journey. And every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community, and our guests are always people that are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. They're people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. They're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're a family member in your own recovery as a family member, or a family member or friend of someone with the disease of addiction, uh, whether or not they're in recovery, or if you're simply somebody that's interested or curious about the process of recovery, we welcome you and we welcome your participation um, through your questions and through your comments. We want you to know that uh, September is Recovery Month, and so all this month we are celebrating recovery and celebrating the truth that recovery is possible, that even though uh, the disease of addiction is a difficult one, that recovery for people with the substance part of this disease and also people who are family members and friends can fully recover and can have full, rich, and spiritually beneficial lives. We also want you to know that you can download archives of our programs. We've been on the air for a year now, and you can go to unity.fm backslash programs backslash spirit of recovery and download our archives and hear all the great guests that we have had over the year. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your spirit of recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. And also, I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. My walk is an integration of unity and recovery principles, and that keeps richly transforming my life and keeps me growing. I am very grateful and very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you, to share the wonderful guests that we have here on Spirit of Recovery, and also to hear about what you're experiencing in your spirituality and your recovery. On every show, we do have a drawing, and we give away a recovery book, and those have been donated to us by the nonprofit Hazelden Foundation. 
That's www.hazeldene.org. And a big thank you to Hazelden for donating our giveaway books. And today the book that we're giving away is by Bill Alexander, and it's called Still Waters, Sobriety, Atonement, and Unfolding Enlightenment. It's a great book, and Bill also has another book called Hi, My Name is Bill and I'm Old. So you can imagine that he's got a great sense of humor and um, has a lot of depth. So if you're interested in receiving Still Water, Sobriety, Atonement, and Unfolding Enlightenment by Bill Alexander, send us an email or give us a call, and we do get those during this show. Our phone number is 888-558-6489, and that's also on your computer screen. And our email address is spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. So we'd love to get you get a call or an email from you. You can just put your name in for the drawing, or you can um, give a comment or a question. We'll take those in the second and third segments of the show. Again, we're glad you're with us. Today, our topic is the loving heart of spirit, and my guest is Alan Lyles. Alan Lyles is a unity minister. He's been a minister for 18 years, and he has served uh, several unity ministries, I know, in Minnesota and Arizona, and I think beyond that, but I'm going to have to ask him about that in a minute. And also, for 22 and a half years, um, Alan has been a committed member of a 12-step group for family members of those uh, with the disease of alcoholism or substance, other substance abuse. Alan also was the Vice President of Public Relations for 7-Eleven stores for many years. And for six years, he served as the Senior Director of Outreach, Books, and Multimedia for Unity School of Christianity. Alan is also an author. He authored the pamphlet, Unity and the Twelve Steps, and the CD, uh, To Calm Our Road Rage, called The Peaceful Driver. So, Alan, welcome. I'm so glad that you're with us today. Well, thank you, Anna. I'm glad to be here. I know that um, both Unity and the 12-step programs are just really important to you, Alan. Could you tell us a little bit, first of all, about um, what propelled you to get into a 12-step program and what that's done for you, how it changed your life? Well, I was very fortunate that I discovered a 12-step program and also Unity in the same year, uh, 1989. And what I've learned is that they are very complementary to one another for lots of different reasons. And uh, I think that unity principles serve as a spiritual resource for anyone uh, in recovery. And I think a 12-step program also really uh, provides uh, a roadmap that we really can use uh, when we're trying to uh, become recovered. And recovery to me means restoring myself to to a place where I, I want to be and, and where it's it's in my best interest. So again, Unity and, and the 12-step programs have so much in common, and I feel grateful that I found them at the same time and that I've been able to progress uh, in them. Do they meet different needs uh, of you or not for in your spiritual growth? I know you said they're complementary, well, unity uh, recognizes and accepts that each individual is a child of God, and unity believes that human beings have this innate spark of divinity that connects them with God. And I think that also in the 12-step programs that they teach how that we can put aside our will and seek God's will for us. But I will say one thing about the 12-step program and also unity that for me I had to learn, and that is that this is a process. And I can remember when I first went into a 12-step group, I thought, well, 12 steps. I'll take six steps this week and six steps next week, and I'll be out of here. And what I've learned is that it is an ongoing process that takes time. And uh, the same thing I think is true uh, with spiritual growth. Uh, A lot of times we think that we can maybe begin going to church uh, or maybe uh, delving into a spiritual path and that our lives are going to change overnight. And what I've found out, it's an ongoing process, and sometimes it's two steps forward and one step backward. It's almost like the the process you describe itself is 
is part of the spirituality, like like what's not really a spiritual attitude is that quick fix idea. Well, I think uh, we live in a society where we think we can take a pill or, uh, you know, and everything's going to get better just immediately. And it is a process of gradual awakening. And that awakening does not come at once. And sometimes we get so impatient with that that we'll veer off one path and go down another path and hope for something quicker. But what I found is that uh, going to my 12-step meetings and also still working on my spiritual growth, it's an ongoing process because, uh, you know, life can throw us some curves and uh, it can set us back. And when that happens, we really have to understand that uh, we can go forward again one step at a time, one day at a time. But uh, we certainly can get a few curveballs tossed at us. Yes, yeah, like uh, that. The depth of life and the depth of growth is is about that. It's not about skipping from one thing to another, but it's about using some principles that that resonate with you and really using them even when things don't go right well there's no question about that and you know i think that sometimes we do not see the growth uh, that we are exhibiting that sometimes that other people can say you know what's happening with you you seem like a different person and i really believe that it's not what we say to other people but it's who we are and if others are resonating with that and they're seeing that there have been some positive changes then we're making progress but again it's you know as they say progress uh, not perfection and sometimes perfectionism is something that keeps us from staying on the path too that if we can't do it perfectly uh, then we think well you know maybe I'll try something else but it is one day at a time and just one step at a time moving forward and if we get derailed and back on the path again. Right, right. What was your first glimmering of a spiritual awakening? You said you found the 12-step program and Unity in the same year. Can you think back to what, when you first had a glimmer that something spiritual was happening for you? Well, it came, um, as it I think has for many people, uh, during a meditation And I was living in Chicago at the time, and I was sitting in a church on Michigan Avenue, and I was meditating, and I was the only person in the church at the time. And I heard a voice, and what I heard was, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And it was such a clear voice that I looked around to see if maybe somebody had joined me in the church. But what I know now, it was what people describe as the still, small voice of God. And I think that was so reassuring to me. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I don't always uh, meditate and hear uh, something that maybe would duplicate that. But I think at that time, that, that demonstrated to me that the spiritual path was, was open to me and that I just needed to have the faith to uh, trust in God that that would be, um, that it would be um, something that I could pursue. Sometimes on the front end, before we really wake up to our spirituality, we don't, we don't really so much have a sense of, of deeper purpose. I mean, we may enjoy our jobs, or there may certainly be things about life that are good and that type of thing, but we may not have a sense of overall purpose or soul unfoldment have you found that has have you found since you've been walking on very consciously on this spiritual path now for many years that that your sense of purpose or your sense of depth is different than it used to be well i think it is i think i have a higher level of trust in god's will and i know that um, my constant prayer is not my will but your will be done and I know that with the 12-step program, that one of the first things I learned was how strong my will was to control uh, outcomes. And when I can uh, relax and let go and let God uh, be in control, 
and try to follow God's will, that it seemed like the outcomes were much better. And so this is what I've, I've tried to do. But sometimes, you know, when, when we're asking for God's will, it doesn't come through that clear. So uh, I just have to constantly be aware of the small nudges and the, uh, you know, seemingly uh, inconsequential things that may happen in my life that, that could have a lot deeper meaning. Right. Give us an example of, of a nudge. How do you know? I think one of my nudges uh, actually came when I was attending the Unity Church of, of Dallas, and that is that um, I went in to see one of the licensed teachers there one time. I had just really discovered Unity and only been going to church there a couple of months. But I had this nudge that I should talk to someone at the church about some of the spiritual feelings that were beginning to unfold. And I can remember this wonderful lady uh, suggested to me that I might want to attend a retreat at Unity Village. Uh, and so uh, about a month later, I packed up and went to Missouri for two weeks. And and at that, at that retreat, I really discovered... Uh, an acceptance that I had never felt before and uh, maybe a, an opportunity to to pursue um, the unity path. And I think that nudge that, that originally came from the lady in Dallas really was what triggered it. And had I not come in to chat with her, that would have never happened. So it was one of those seemingly accidental events, but really it was perhaps right on course. Well, I think it was, and I think these seemingly accidental events are happening to us every day. And what I found is that God will first lightly tap me on the shoulder, and then if uh, maybe that'll happen two or three or four times, and if I don't at some point pay attention, it might become a little bit more than just a tap on the shoulder. And I'll have to say that there have been times that, uh, boy, I, I felt the that it was, uh, you know, a pretty good, uh, maybe a cosmic two-by-four across the forehead that, that happened that got my attention. But I do think God is giving us signals all the time, and I think that those same signals can come through a recovery program like the 12-step program, because there's so many things that, that I feel have been uh, open to me through that program. What... How do we learn to pay more attention to those taps from God? It, I believe it really comes from uh, heightened conscious awareness of God's presence in our lives. And again, uh, consciousness and this conscious awareness, uh, I think, is a gradual thing. Um, I really don't, I've never experienced just the blinding flash of light. I think it's been more gradual, and at least with me. And what I need to to do through prayer and meditation is to be open and receptive to whatever is happening around me. And so uh, as far as being more uh, alert to what might be happening in my life, it is um, maybe some direction from God. I think it comes when my conscious uh, awareness of God is is higher. And so I keep trying to, to realize that through a, a program of meditation and prayer. Are you a daily meditator? I try to meditate uh, every day, but sometimes it may be for a minute. Sometimes it might be for 10 minutes. Uh, one of my best uh, places to meditate is when I'll get in a line somewhere, like let's say you're in the express lane at the supermarket and somebody's in front of you, 25 items or something like that. That gives me an opportunity to just close my eyes for a moment. Thank you, Alan. We're going to have to take a break right now. We'll be right back. Join us. uh, Stay with us. We'll be back with the Serenity Minute and hearing more from Alan Lyles. We'd like to take a moment to encourage you, as part of our Unity Online radio family of listeners, to support this ministry through a love offering. 
For your convenience, you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Anytime a situation seems confusing or hopeless, most likely I am viewing it from a perspective of human limitation. Instead, I have the innate power to see any circumstance from a spiritual perspective by turning to God in prayer. If I am seeing only problems and not solutions, illness and not wholeness, lack and not abundance, I sit quietly in the silence and reestablish my oneness with God, affirming wisdom, wholeness, and abundance. I begin to see things differently. At one with infinite possibility, I scale the heights of human awareness and view the world as from above, expressing oneness with God in all that I think, say, and do. I allow my spirit to soar. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give daily word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Sure, you say you love yourself, but do you really? When was the last time you were in an intimate conversation with someone and paused because there was something you could not reveal? Let's Get Naked with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep us from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're really glad that you're with us today. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and if you're just joining us, our topic today is the loving heart of spirit, and my guest is Alan Lyles. He's a unity minister who's uh, been a minister for 18 years. He's served several unity ministers across the U.S., and for 22 and a half years, Alan has been a member of a 12-step group for family members, and he also has a rich um, background in public relations in the corporate world. And he was the Senior Director of Outreach, Books, and Multimedia for Unity School of Christianity. And he's the author of the pamphlet, Unity and the Twelve Steps. But before Alan and I continue our conversation, I invite you to join me as we take a moment to center ourselves in peace of mind in the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to relax, take a breath, and join me in focusing on this constructive idea. Allow your mind to rest and be open and refreshed. And our idea for today is, I open my heart and find the beauty of my soul. I open my heart and find the beauty of my soul. Thank you for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that it did refresh you. 
that it gave you a constructive focus, and that it blessed you. Thank you. And now we're back with my guest, Alan Lyles. So, Alan, before the break, you were telling us about um, how you meditate, and you, were, you had a really interesting technique there. One way you say you meditate in the grocery line. So tell us how that works. Well, if I'm in an express lane and maybe there's you know someone ahead of me with 15 or 20 items when you're only supposed to have three or four, uh, that gives me an opportunity just for a minute to close my eyes and meditate. And so whenever the opportunity comes, I, I try to do it. And um, I'd like to say also that as a unity minister, that people ask me um, quite frequently, how do you, how do you meditate? And uh, I'm always worried about whether I'm not meditating properly. And what I try to tell them is that there may be a technique or two that people may use uh, in meditation, um, a word, a mantra, or something like that. But basically, I don't believe there are any bad meditations. If you take just a moment to connect with God and just to be open and receptive to that uh, oneness, with spirit, I think that's always a positive thing. And again, it, it's cumulative. I think it adds up. But uh, we are uh, creatures of perfectionism. We want to do everything exactly uh, in a perfect manner. And I think with meditation, if we just allow ourselves to just to be open and just to let it go in what direction it may go, uh, even uh, at the times that our minds may be so busy that we think, well, that was a wasted minute or a wasted five minutes. I think eventually it's going to really have an effect. And in meditation is where I really discover uh, God's purpose for my life and also uh, helps me with my spiritual growth on a daily basis. Alan, honesty is a really important concept to you in your recovery and in your spirituality why is it so important, and how do you use it? I think it's essential. Uh, what I have really learned is that in coming into a 12-step program and also uh, starting my journey on the spiritual path, I was not being honest with myself. And what I found was that I would justify or rationalize things that may not have been in my best interest or decisions that uh, in the long run turned out not to be so positive, by uh, a process of self-delusion. And I think that we all do it from time to time, that we, we will make a decision or we'll go down a particular path and then begin rationalizing why it's a good thing. And it could be even, uh, you know, something is common as well something you may want to buy. It could be a new car. It could be anything that, that we can all rationalize why that would be a good thing. And in the 12-step program uh, and in Unity, I've really learned that the first person I need to be honest with is me. And, it, and how I do that, I think, is just, again, um, ask myself, what is my motivation behind doing what I'm doing? Because motivation, uh, at least to me, is a, is a tremendous factor in making some of the decisions that I make. But I need to ask myself, why am I doing this? Uh, what am I really feeling? And if I can do that in an honest way, and it is not easy, even today, it's not easy, then I think um, eventually the right path, the right course of action, and, you know, maybe it is the right decision to buy that new car. That could be possible. But at least I will have examined my motives and, and learned why, why I'm uh, getting ready to do something or planning to do it. Do other people play any part in helping you stay honest or not? Well, the, you know, in the 10th step of the 12 steps, it says continue to take personal inventory. When we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Every single one of us has, uh, almost every one of us, has interaction with other people every day. Uh, we make a number of decisions every day. And if we will just continue to take personal inventory on a daily basis, and if we do make a mistake, and we're going to make mistakes because we're humans, if we make mistakes, then admitting it promptly 
kind of keeps us on on the correct path. So yes, I think other people, uh, our interactions with other people, give us an opportunity every day to be honest. But um, Anna, let me also say this about being honest. I think that. I, I should never use honesty as a reason to hurt someone or to voice a, uh, a comment or an opinion or something like that that could be hurtful in the in the name of being honest. So it, it's a challenge to know when to be honest and when not to be. But what I know is this about especially being honest about what I'm saying I really believe that words are like bullets, and once you pull that trigger, it's hard to, to get that bullet back. It's, it's going to strike something. So I just try to maybe pause a minute, and before uh, I would say something that could be hurtful, I examine the motives and, and maybe make sure that what I'm saying is, is in a spirit of love and not in a, anything that could be taken as a a criticism or a negative comment. There are a lot of Unity people that are in recovery and a lot of recovering people that come to Unity. Why do you think that is? I think they're complementary programs. Uh, I truly believe that the 12 Steps is also a wonderful spiritual program. And I think when you combine uh, the rigorous honesty that 12 steps uh, encourage and, and really uh, demand of the people that are involved in it. And you combine unity's acceptance and unity's belief that each one of us is inherently good and that we are all children of God and perfect in every way in God's eyes, that I think that they work together and they're complementary and they just give us an opportunity to, uh, again, make progress on the spiritual path. And the spiritual path, I think, is where the awakening um, is possible. You authored the pamphlet, Unity and the Twelve Steps. What prompted you to write that? Uh, It absolutely came from my involvement with the Twelve Step group and also uh, my experience in Unity. And it uh, was written in the late 1990s as a part of a program called Unity 2000. And uh, what we attempted to do was to take 40 different topics uh, and talk to the, talk about them with regard to what Unity believed. We had, we had pamphlets on faith and love and uh, forgiveness and um, letting go and letting God. And we felt that there are so many 12-step people who come to Unity and find this complementary helpfulness in both programs that it would be good to point out some of the facts about how Unity and the 12 Steps work together. What were some of your major points in that pamphlet? Well, Unity stresses that we must live the truth that we know and that uh, just understanding the, the laws uh, or the principles of unity are not enough, that once you're on the spiritual path, you've got to really practice these principles. And that includes meditation. Uh, that includes going to God and asking for God's will in, in the unity belief system. But also the 12 steps dwell on the need to move into action. And, you know, there's... a the three A's in, in the program that I'm in, awareness, acceptance, and action. And action usually follows awareness and the acceptance of reality. Anytime we want to confront change or anytime that we have a problem, we have to have that period of awareness and the period of acceptance before we go into action. But the 12 steps are all, they demand action. And so I think they are extremely complementary to a belief system that that asks us to practice and live in the the truth that we know. Sometimes in unity, we have this idea that we aren't supposed to pay attention to the facts, that we're simply supposed to know the truth. How does that square with what you just said about awareness and acceptance and action? Well, 
sometimes we honestly don't know what the facts are. And let me give you an example of that. There are several things that have happened in my life that at the time they happened, I thought to myself, this is the worst possible thing that could happen to me. What I found out later, and sometimes it was much later, sometimes you know it was fairly quickly, that the things that I thought were the worst things that ever happened to me turned out to be the best. When I re- retired from the corporate world, I'd been with, with 7-Eleven over 20 years, a wonderful company at the time, and I loved the things that, we were, that I was doing. But I had a um, feeling that perhaps it was time to do something else. But I can remember thinking, uh, as I left the company after all that time, this may be the worst decision I've ever made, because it was my decision to retire. But as time unfolded and and things happened, I can see now that, that taking that opportunity to retire and leave the corporate world when I did just opened up a whole new world to me. And I was very fortunate to have a, a great career, and, and I loved everything I was doing. But when I look back now, and, and taking that kind of leap of faith out to, to be open and receptive to something else, it turned out to be the best possible decision I could have ever made. When we look at the facts from a spiritual point of view, from that bigger picture, they really do look different, don't they? It's And maybe that's Part of what spirituality is is that ability to stand back and kind of see at the soul depth instead of just looking on the surface of what's pleasing or not pleasing in the moment. But now facts are facts, and I'm not discounting that. And sometimes the facts are such that you must look at them. And again, that's another reason why I think the mix of the 12-step program and also unity are are so good because I think the 12-step program is really require that we look at the facts. And especially in the fourth step when it says made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Well, that's never easy. That's never an easy thing to take a look at ourselves. And to do that, you've got to look at the facts and maybe what your life is at that particular moment. So facts are good. I mean, there's nothing at all wrong with taking a realistic look at, at where we are and, and how we got there. But what I'm saying is that sometimes we may not fully understand why certain things happen the way they do, that a relationship may end when, when we feel like we do not want it to end, uh, when a job or career may change or end, and we think, gosh, what am I going to do now? But when you look back on certain things that happen in your life, you can see the, the, the reason why it had to happen at that particular moment. But does that make it easy? No. Does that make it less painful at the time? No. But it's just being able to try to become as one with God as we can so that when we're examining the facts as they are at the moment, that maybe we can look a little bit deeper. Right. The slogans are important to you, the slogans in the 12-step program. What's your favorite? Well, you know, there's about a dozen of them, and they're, to me they're all good, but uh, I like Let Go and Let God. And I know in Unity's Daily Word, every month there's a Let Go and Let God reading. I like Just for Today. Uh, one of the best, best ones for me is How Important Is It? And a lot of times when I have the um, feeling that I should react to something, that I have to stop for just a second and ask myself, how important is it? And you know, about 99 times out of 100, I'll find out it's not that important. But the others are good, too. Live and let live. One day at a time. Think. Just thinking about something on a, is a deeper level as you can, sometimes can turn up maybe some new approaches or new uh, awareness that maybe was not there before. Um, just for today, first things first, easy does it. All of those are, are good slogans for me. They keep you focused. 
Yep, and there are times I forget them. There are times that, you know, maybe um, when I'm when I'm again may be thinking about reacting to something. Easy does it is another one that comes to mind. So again, it's it's you know progress, not perfection, uh, in in every day's life. Right. Thank you, Alan. It's time for us to have a break. Listeners, stay with us. Is You can give us a call or send us an email if you have a comment or question for Alan. That number is 888-558-6489. Or you can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave The Five Principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because The Five Principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know every day in every decision. Just five principles. They cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio, the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, For Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to the Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and we're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is the loving heart of spirit. And my guest is Alan Lyles. Alan is a unity minister. He's a member of a 12-step program for family members. Um, and he has served as the Senior Director of Outreach Books and Multimedia for Unity School of Christianity, as well as had a rich career in the corporate world in public relations. He's the author of the pamphlet, Unity and the Twelve Steps, and the CD, The Peaceful Driver, to help us not get into our road rage. So, Alan, what prompted you to, to record that CD, The Peaceful Driver? Well, like many people, I experienced road rage, and I had something happen that um, got my attention, and, you know, I thought to myself, well, I wonder if there's a spiritual way that you can look at driving on the freeway, and what I found was that the the number one principle in being ready to get on the, the roads at any given time, it always starts before you ever turn on the key, uh, you know, before you get in the car even, 
if you're thinking that, there is nothing today that's going to happen on the road that's going to disturb my serenity to the, to the point that I will do something that could jeopardize my health, the health of someone else, uh, or any, anybody that could be involved. And so before you ever get out on the road, if you'll just take a moment, uh, as we talk about in this CD, of just doing a, just a quick centering prayer that really op- is open and receptive to a safe trip wherever you may be going, and the idea that no matter what happens on the road, it's not going to cause you to take any action uh, that could be harmful. And here's the other thing that, that we try to talk about and remember about driving. The person that you might be interacting with, the person that might be guilty of road rage or we might be guilty of it ourselves, is someone that you don't know. You don't know their motivation. You, you know, they may be cutting in and out of traffic because they're taking someone to the ICU. We really don't know all of these things that are going on. And if we can just forgive them, and if we can just use that moment to bless them along their way, they will disappear from our lives as quickly as they came into, into our lives. And there is nothing, nothing worth uh, getting involved in any kind of a situation with someone else that could uh, lead to injury or harm or cause any problems for anybody concerned. That is a great perspective. Thank you, Alan. Thank you so much. So we don't need to get entangled in, in our own anger and upset, huh? No, we can let it just, just pass on because the the person that we're involved with we'll never see again uh, 9,999 times out of 10,000. So just let it go and, and bless them along the way because there is a reason, and even if it's a selfish reason for driving the way they are, uh, it's really um, something for us to be able to forgive. And, you know, Anna, one thing I'd like to also say about the 12 steps that's really been important in my life and also with unity as well is that I believe one of the, the most important things is forgiveness. And forgiveness uh, can be very difficult sometimes, and you know there are absolutely legitimate uh, reasons to withhold forgiveness, or at least feel like we should withhold forgiveness. But I've, I've really found that forgiveness is a unilateral act, and it's, it's something that I can do and I don't have to worry about whether or not it's reciprocated. And one very positive thing about the 12 steps is that it taught me to keep the focus on myself, not on someone else's actions. And so if I can, if I can uh, extend a level of understanding and a level of forgiveness to someone that I feel may have committed some wrong in my life, person who is going to benefit the most from that is me. And again, as I walk along the spiritual path, I think uh, I like to do it with a, as light a load as possible. And being able to forgive is, uh, for, my, for me, one of the best ways to do that. Powerful. Faith matters to you. How do you use faith in your life? Well, I think faith to me, means a lot of things. It means trust in God. And, and one thing I've noticed in the 12-step programs is that a lot of times people come into, come into the program with preconceived ideas about God. And, you know, this may have come from a religious um, training or upbringing, or it may have come if, if someone, for example, believes that God has never answered their prayers or, or something of that nature. When you come in the 12 steps, they are urging you to release your fears, suspend your disbelief, and overcome your prejudices. And to do that, at least for me, I've got to have faith. And I've got to have mainly the faith that God is a loving God. This is one thing that drew me to unity in the very beginning, is the unity belief that God is good all the time, that God is loving, that God is forgiving. And 
I think in the 12 steps, when people come in sometime, it may not be that easy because they may feel like that God has, has forsaken them or, or just uh, not present in their lives. But the good thing about the 12 steps, they're told to trust a higher power, but they're able to define that higher power the way they, they want to define it. Nobody is telling them now, this is, this is the God you've got to worship, this is the God you've got to believe in. You're allowed to, to really come to that on your own. But if you're cynical, if you don't believe, if you have doubt, it's not that easy. And I think having the faith and trusting God, if you can just be open and receptive to that, it'll be something that may come and probably will come gradually. But once it, it comes, then it becomes a habit at least for me, of trusting God and 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 um, everything. But again, it's not easy. I'm say I I'm not saying I trust God every minute of the day. Sometimes I have to think about it, and sometimes I have to really uh, restore and practice that faith. But in unity and the twelve steps, if if we'll allow God's will for us to to come into fruition, it will make our lives happier. And that's really what we're, that's what recovery is all about. That's what recovery month is all about. Recovery year is all about is just getting better and restoring ourselves to wholeness. How do you celebrate recovery month? It comes around every September. Do you do anything special for that? What I try to do is to go to more meetings because what I've learned over 22 and a half years is that in every meeting I will gain and get something of value. And, you know, it, I can sit in a meeting maybe for 59 minutes and think, well, you know, this was kind of a, a nothing thing. I really don't think I got much today. And in the last 60 seconds, something will happen that, that I really feel like it was beneficial. But the main thing that I get out of going to more meetings is the... Uh, experience strength and hope that I get from other people because it is through other people that God speaks and that when I listen with my heart and we talked about in the very beginning about a loving heart, if I can just be open and receptive and extend a loving heart to everybody that I am in the meeting with, then I'm going to get that back. And it's in the safety, the uh, camaraderie, it's in just the connection that I get at these meetings that is beneficial. So my way of, of celebrating Recovery Month is just just go more. Just keep coming back because that's what works. You have an acronym that is part of your recovery. Would you share that with us? Well, I do. I love acronyms and uh, one that, that I have that especially uh, came to me in a 12-step meeting. In fact, about three weeks ago, I really uh, felt, felt this and wrote it down. My acronym is AARP. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you that, of course, I'm eligible for that. But first day is for available. And I just need to be emotionally available to change, emotionally available to interact with life. Because sometimes when you come into the 12-step programs, you don't really want to have much to do with anybody. And being available, I think, is, is the beginning key. The second A of AARP is acceptance. And that's accepting ourselves. And I know a lot of people come into the 12 steps uh, feeling some guilt, some shame about maybe some things that may have happened in their lives. And I think accepting ourselves is a, a key to forgiving ourselves and to knowing this truth. We did the best we could under the circumstances. So acceptance is, is really important for me. The R of AARP is receptivity. Being open and receptive to new ideas and new ways of doing things. And I can remember the first time that I went through the 12 steps. It made absolutely no sense to me. Uh, it took some time. I thought it would be a quick fix, but it wasn't. But the more receptive I got to the ideas behind the 12 steps, the quicker things started to unfold for me and 
and the, the curtain parted, and I could really see my life for the first time in an honest way. And the P of AARP is patience. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not a real patient person. I've learned to be. But patience means being gentle with ourselves. And being gentle with ourselves allows us, again, to uh, reach a level of understanding that our lives are taking shape in just the way that, that they are meant to take shape. And with that, Alan, I'm so sorry we're going to have to go. Our time is up. Thank well, my you. my pleasure, Anna. Glad to be this, here. Glad you're here. This has been so rich. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, be with us next week. My guest is going to be Val Roney. And the topic is spirituality. What's the big deal? And Val is a longtime uh, addictions counselor and uh, quite a gal. So she's going to have lots to share with us. Thanks for listening. And, Alan, thank you again so much. God bless all of you. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Transform that thought you've held in your mind into a reality in your life. How do you work in partnership with God to co-create the life that you've always imagined? One way is through the universe responding spiritual model for life. Each week, Valerie Crabtree will share how to use the universe responding elements and principles to co-create your life through continuous communication with your higher power. She'll answer your questions using this practical, understandable concept, and your life will change. Listen to Universe Responding on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. The message I hear with Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the quest for prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive! Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Here on Unity FM, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you are seeking? Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.